Today's Gospel, Matthew 20, verses 1 to 16, the parable of the vineyard workers. For the kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work. At nine o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace and saw some people standing around doing nothing. So he hired them, telling them he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. So they went to work in the vineyard. At noon and again at three o'clock, he did the same thing. At five o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again and saw some more people standing around. He asked them, why haven't you been working today? They replied, because no one hired us. The landowner told them, then go out and join others in my vineyard. That evening, he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last workers first. When those hired at five o'clock were paid, each received a full day's wage. When those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed they would receive more, but they too were paid a day's wage. When they received their pay, they protested to the owner. Those people worked only one hour, and yet you've paid them just as much as you paid us who worked all day in the scorching heat. He answered one of them, friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay this last worker the same as you. Is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? So those who are last now will be first then, and those who are first will be last. The second reading is taken from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 1, beginning at verse 21. For to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I am convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. And when I come to you again, you will have even more reason to take pride in Christ Jesus because of what he is doing through me. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed. But you are going to be saved even by God himself. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past and you know that I am still in the midst of it. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. I pray that you open our hearts and our minds to see more of you. Amen.
When I was a child, one of the most common subjects of conversation was pocket money. Who got how much, what day of the week, was it weekly or monthly? But one thing I noticed was that parents would give pocket money in one of two ways. So for some of my friends, they would get pocket money based on chores that they did at, at home. So if they had hoovered or done the laundry or loaded the dishwasher, they would get pocket money as compensation, as a wage almost. For others, it was based on a set amount. And you just got that no matter how helpful or not helpful you were around the house. Of course, in each instance, the parents aim is to show their child love. Parents who give a fixed sum are saying, I want to celebrate who you are. Parents who pay according to chores are saying, I want to introduce you to the real world. And because that is what the real world is like, isn't it? It's known as the rat race. Different jobs give different pay, so a lawyer earns more than a bin man. But also the amount of time you work changes your salary. So if you go part time, you will sacrifice part of your wages. And the idea is that it's fair in some way. The more you put in, the more you get out. But it's not completely fair, is it? There is so much luck involved. The right education, the right connections, the right opportunities at the right time. What part of the world you're born in, who your parents are when you graduate. And as the last few months have shown, actually some of the most important jobs are those that are financially undervalued. People who stack shelves in the supermarket, people who collect our waste, carers, teachers, hospital porters. These are the jobs that we need to function as a society. Matthew's parable tells us that the kingdom of God is not like that. He's, this is more like the parent that gives each child pocket money no matter what no matter how much we might deserve it or not. It's what theologians call the scandal of grace. No matter how unworthy we think someone else's contributions are to the kingdom of heaven, it is God's choice to forgive them and to welcome them in with open arms. I've often struggled with the uh, line in the hymn to God be the glory that says, the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. What's to stop me being the vilest offender if Jesus will forgive me anyway? Am I not better than them? But Jesus spends his ministry explaining that the kingdom of heaven is upside down. Our king dies and we call it Good Friday. There is no difference between male and female, Jew or Greek, slave or free. It is life as it should be, in unity with God, in equality with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So then what exactly is the point of carrying on? If believing alone, showing up at the last minute is enough to get us into the kingdom of heaven, why should we carry on? 
why not just trust in the idea of the deathbed confession? Why should we spend our lives doing what we can to bring the kingdom of heaven into this earth? I find it encouraging that Paul struggled with exactly the same question. In his letter to the Philippians, he tells them, I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Paul has already had his confession. It just wasn't on the uh, his conversion. It just wasn't on the deathbed. And yet he knows that God has a purpose for him staying on earth. It's not for our own sakes that we do good, that we follow God's laws. We have already been saved. There is nothing we can do that will make us more saved. Rather, it's because out of love for the creator who died for us, we in turn love his creation. It is for the good of those around us, people who are younger in the faith or who have not yet met Jesus, that we stay and do what we can to bring the kingdom of heaven into this life. Because we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven already. We are here in this world as ambassadors for Christ. There is misery, but we are called to see it with the eyes of the Holy Spirit. Where we go, we are to bring the kingdom of heaven with us. It is our honour and our privilege to do God's work where he sends us. Whether that's in our homes, our communities, our workplaces or our schools. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you that you have this great mission for us. Thank you that we can take part with you. We pray that you would fill us anew with the Spirit, that you would show us how we can bring the kingdom of heaven where we are in these circumstances. Amen.